Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 596, Orange Agronomist. We've got jokes, we've got, we've got uh, some wonderful resources for your classroom this week, and somewhere in there, there's a little bit of bacon. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurk. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I I'm I'm floored. Well, you're I'm floored. Almost, I'm almost floored. Oh yes, that's true. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's yeah, no and, show and last week you... because I was working oh, on ahead. the floor, mm-hmm. that's and right. I'm almost done with it with my part of it. So, yeah. Hopefully this afternoon well, the floor will be ready to go. Yeah. Hopefully soon, and, and and you should know that uh, you have some competition for your time today. I do. It's you do. I just want you to know there's bacon in the microwave, and it's calling because I can smell Ooh. it here through the podcast. Uh, Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. I can't compete with bacon. I'm I'm afraid that is probably true, and so <laughs> it's a good thing the show is mostly you today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh huh. So. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I bought a friend an elephant for his room. You did? Mm-hmm. He said, thanks. I said, don't mention it. Aw, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know I like a good pun, right? You do. Yeah, but I, I try to avoid puns about uh, Alice and Brie. Oh? Yeah, they can be rather cheesy. Huh? I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a whole board that determines, you know, what kind of jokes mm-hmm. are cheesy. Cheese mm-hmm. board, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, am, I have a friend who's bald, and he's getting rabbit tattoos on his head. Oh, another joke about me. Okay, what is it? Yeah, he's he just wants to have some hairs again. Oh, sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what you do if your Canadian bacon keeps curling in the fire in the frying pan? No, oh, I can tell you. I put it. That's in the, it's right down the hall here. I can. I can go look for you. Yeah, you take away the broom. Oh, yeah. That's actually yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some people will get that. Yep. Uh, here's just a thought. Uh, a plateau is the highest form of flattery. Sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is. There's there's going to be several today where there's going to be a pause and there's going to be a... Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, one of the things I find really fun is you get emails from the no reply email addresses. You and I have a very different definition of fun. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that at the bottom, there's a reply yeah. button. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, here's just a, another thought. We've probably all kicked a pregnant woman. I, I'm thinking you're right. That yep. one was that I that I had to, <laughs> that I paused on and went, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that one, you know, sometimes it take you a beat to to get, but yeah. Um. 
you know, some people have a curse jar, right? I've heard of those. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people have a curse jar. I don't have one. I have a pessimist jar. Oh? Yeah, at the moment it's half empty. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I was going to go with a bunch of chimney jokes because after all i have a stack of them oh do you yeah but there's there's no charge for those they're on the house oh mm -hmm. they're going like crazy though i hear they're really smoking <laughs> that's right um if you ever see a pirated movie i can mm -hmm. tell you how many stars it gets yeah how many is that 3.14 uh Pi rated movie. To me, yeah. Pirate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm starting a sarcasm. Uh, uh, ah, let me try this one more time. I'm starting a sarcasm <laughs> society. Would be honored if you joined. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, you know, I just realized I've never had an epiphany. Oh, really? <laughs> Not <Didn't> last long. <laughs> Oh, and do you know how you can generate self-esteem? You can? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. you just heat some water up in your mind. Oh, there you go. Self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, yeah. this one is because I deal with middle schoolers on a regular basis. You don't have to tell me twice. I don't listen either time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know who does listen? And oh, who's that? You should listen to. Oh? Yeah, Dave Bidlowski. Yes, indeed. Yep. And this is one, he has the agronomist. And I'm glad that I was able to listen to it. <laughs> so I could kind of come close to pronouncing that one. This is an interesting section into it. You know, it's kind of like you don't always think about jobs that kids could have and jobs mm -hmm. that kids could do. And and this is one of those jobs. Um, and I think with the, the way that a, a lot of kids are worried about the climate and climate change and nature and, um, and that, I think there is uh, a lot of kids that might be actually interested in this. So, not that, I mean, that almost sounds like there's things that Dave says that kids aren't interested in, and that's not what I meant or what I mean at all, but it's just the, the topic there. Because um, I think Dave is always spot on. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, this is how you can tell we do the show live and without post, because <laughs> anyway, um, here without further ado is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the middle school science minute hi this is david lowski of k12science.net and this is your k12 science podcast i was recently reading the july august 2023 issue of the science teacher a publication of the national science teaching association and i read the section career of the month written by luba vankalova and she wrote an article about an agronomist Agronomists, or agriculturalists, use their knowledge of soil and plants to help farmers grow crops more effectively. They can work for government agencies, nonprofits, academic institutions, or private enterprises. 
Lee Bryce is a certified crop advisor who lives in Jamestown, North Dakota. He works as a crop consultant for Central, a company based in Twin Valley, Minnesota. He's a plant doctor, he says. He checks for nutrient, soil, and pest problems in agricultural production fields and creates specific plans and strategies to manage them. When he looks at his career highlights, he says that he places a lot of emphasis on protecting our soils and wisely using all our resources. He's highly involved in soil health discussions and science groups that are helping farmers to create new practices to address soil erosion and degradation and respond to climate change. He says we are helping them to reduce tillage, increase the use of cover crops, reduce fuel usage, increase fertilizer and pesticide efficiency, and find ways to diversify their operations to make their systems more resilient. These efforts, along with being named International Certified Crop Advisor of the Year several years ago, has led to opportunities to work with other scientists, agricultural companies, and food companies to help them build programs to help a wider audience of farmers. His interest in science began in middle school when he was a 4-H club member and joined the crops judging team. He learned about different crops and weeds and how to identify them. He also learned about crop quality and how it affects human food and animal feed made from the crops. In high school, he worked for local farmers as an unskilled laborer. He strongly recommends a two or four year program in agriculture, agronomy, entomology, or plant pathology. Additionally, students should get one or two years of direct experience. They can do this by interning for an agricultural company working on crop scouting, seed sales, fertilizer or pesticide application, or data collection in research plots, or in an environmental position, such as a government job in soil conservation. And his advice for students is, an internship or summer job at an agricultural company will teach you how the industry works, and you will see firsthand the challenges of logistics, weather, and timing. If possible, Try different parts of the industry over the course of a couple of years. He also strongly recommends that students become certified crop advisors, which verifies your agronomy knowledge, as well as your experience providing advice to farmers. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Oh. There is, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more, there's a lot more attention to plants and how we grow plants and being efficient with that and that kind of stuff. So, so we, do you know what rhymes with, you know, what rhymes with agronomist? No. Orange. <laughs> I couldn't think of a thing either. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to, for some reason, I thought you're now I'm thinking you were going to go with the knock knock joke. Of, <laughs> oh, that would have been better. <laughs> Knock, knock, who's there? Agronomist. Agronomist too. Orange. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Let's uh, do it. Okay. Um, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> um, so we have started the year. Um, yes. And it's, how's your year started? How has my year started? Um, well, uh, we're different because we're up on the second floor. 
and the air is much more rarefied up there. <laughs> um, it's also a lot hotter up there. So I bought a fan, a really nice fan. And by fan, I mean that has like a compressor. That's how that's how nice this fan is. Ooh. Yeah, and I stuck it in my window, and and man, I like my fan. But is is taking the edge off of the ninety degree weather very nicely, and um, I'm really really glad I have it. It's starting to make a little rumble sound, which I'm a little concerned about. But when you buy a cheap fan with a compressor, you get rumble sounds. So so it's made a difference. So I've also noticed when the kids come in, you can see a stress level melt away, right? And they come in and they're like. Like I, I, I can, I can relax in here now. It's not that they couldn't relax in the heat, but it just, they just seem to, you can watch their shoulders just, mm-hmm. I want to say melt, but it melts. Like you can see the, the stress just kind of leaving them. We've had a really good year. I really like my kids and um, knock on wood. Let me find some wood here. Knock, knock. Um, and uh, we're having a good year so far. I think um, I, uh, I moved uh, buildings, right. Mm-hmm. And um, not necessarily all the stuff moved with us as, as a, as a school. Um, we're having some territorial things going on. Um, there's a couple of high school people that still think that this building is their building. And, um, and they're, they're, they're using the term, no, it belongs to the district so we can use it too. And there's, uh, it's, it's, it's rankling some, some feathers, right? Because mm-hmm. people are territorial and people want things, right? And, and if they claim it as theirs, then they're more likely to uh, to treat it like better and like theirs. So we're having we're having some growing pains and some some issues, uh, not necessarily among uh, teachers. Um, it's nice um, so far. It's gone a lot better than I thought it was. Uh, I've added. Uh, I'm going to go nerdy just for a second. All right. Okay. Okay. So I bought a. a um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, the teacher next to me wants to call it a pulpit. No, it's not a pulpit, but it's, it's like a pulpit. Anyway, uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's got three drawers. It's a, it's a podium, right? But it's got three drawers and it's wider than your average podium. It's a uh, 120 centimeters uh, across, which is way bigger than what most folks need. But so it's more like a reception type of desk but you could speak from it and it's wired it's got uh, grommets for wires running wires through and so i i put a monitor up there i plan on putting a second monitor up there too um so i'm gonna have two monitors on this thing plus a keyboard and a and a trackpad i've got drawers for scissors and and sticky notes and all the other um paraphernalia i have to to write out several things in order to send a student to the resource room so I've got my stuff in there for that. It's all nice and handy. Um, I will say this. I got it cheap. I got as cheap as I could get it. <laughs> and it shows. Um, yeah. When uh, not all the pieces were there to put it together. Some of the pieces you had to like force in. But if you forced it in, it just crumbled and went to nothing. So you're kind of like mm, stuck. And there weren't any extras or spares to replace for that. Um, right. The drawers do have locks. I like this. And one of the reasons why I bought it was because the drawers have locks, but there is no slot in the tabletop for the locks to go into so that they lock. So, uh, okay. So there's a lot of finish work uh, that wasn't done. <laughs> um, 
So someone's getting finished an oscillating tool to create a slot? <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to have to do next is is create my own slots. And that's, but I, you know, I just don't have the reason I hired uh, uh, the, the secretary's uh, kid graduated last year and he's kind of, or a couple years ago, and he's, he's finding his way and he's, he's doing odd jobs. So I, I hired him to come and do it. And it cost me some monsters, uh, the, not my seventh graders, the, the drink. And um, he did a good job. He figured out that the, the pilot holes were absolutely in the absolute wrong place and that the, uh, the drawer slides or guides um, did not line up and, and were not even matched. So we had to do some jerry-rigging there. And, um, but he did it and he figured it out and he problem solved it. And it's, it's right up his alley. It's, I'm really glad he did it. Cause I would have looked at it and gone, yeah. Um, what am I going to do? But he figured it out. He got it all together and it looks nice. And, uh, we got it into my room and it took five hours before a seventh grader said, there's something different up here. I said, yes, yes, there is. Oh, it is, but there's something different up here. Okay. Well, I'll let you figure it out. Because, yes, there is something different. And they did. By day two, they're like, that wasn't there yesterday, was it? And I was like, well, yeah, it was there yesterday, but not the day before. Well, I, I'll give it to you. Okay. So they're starting to figure that out. Um, and I like it a lot. I can, I got a higher chair and I can sit there and I can take care of a kid's problem or issue. And I can do it all right there. I can do it standing up and it's nice and easy and convenient. And I can run it all off of one computer and I can do the board and I can do my desk and I can do this and I can see everything and I can manage it without having to necessarily turn around all the time. And I have to look at the board to see what's up there. Cause I can look at that monitor on my left and go, Oh, that's, that's what I was talking about. Then I can switch it there and move it on the screen. Oh, it's just so nice. So, however, I don't recommend buying the, uh, the particular um, piece of furniture that I bought. So caveat emptor, buyer beware. Um, I wrote them a little uh, review and said, these are the problems I ran into. We'll see what happens, but, but it's in there. It's not moving. It's, it's a permanent part of my, my classroom now. And I'm really liking it. it gives so you there's a, that. Um, kind of a nice station to kind of, it's like a home base kind of thing. And one of the things you said and pre-show was, the ability to see the kids and not have to turn your back to them. Yeah. So I can see them and I can do the thing on the computer too <clears throat> at the same time. Yep. So it's been nice. I've kind of been kind of liking that. And the, uh, the weather's been turned uh, to autumn faster than I expected. Yeah. And we're going to get a little cooler, a little warmer next week than usual, but we're going to be about 75. So it'll be all right. We'll be, we'll be good. How about your week? So, so we, the first week was really, really hot. Um, <clears throat> and the district bought fans for every room, for every teacher, every room. Uh, just like, okay, this is unusual. Um, so they bought fans and distributed fans. So every teacher had a fan in the room. Um, which makes a difference. I mean, it's not air conditioning, but it makes a difference. And pulling air in or pushing air out really can make a huge difference. Um, we did move into oh, yeah. a new room. Um, it's kind of a suite-ish. Well, there's two, there's two offices and a main room. 
and we've got that all eh, not all squared away but we've got the first draft <laughs> where everything's going <laughs> so the data manager's in one office and she has a very very small office but she has a window and I'm in the other uh -huh. office. I have a little bit bigger office, but I have no window. Okay. And I let her pick. I said, I don't care, you know, mm -hmm. whichever office you want. I don't, I don't, you know, let, let you, you, you pick which one you want. So we, we, we've, we've got that. And then we've got some shelves up in the back corner to put stuff that we need on there, you know, wire dongles. Um, extra keyboards, just all kinds of stuff that you end up having to have. And then there was a small whiteboard, not small, regular sized whiteboard. It was in the, it was mounted on the wall, not surprisingly. And um, I had asked around about if there was any extra whiteboards, any spare whiteboards that wanted to get rid of. The facility manager says, yes, I have one that's 13 feet long. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> there's 13 feet in my office. It'd be the whole wall, but <laughs> there's 13 feet in my office. So I was talking to the facility guys who are actually going to install it <laughs> for me. And, and we're measuring. And it's like, yeah, it'll fit. But there was a, a wire coming down for the, uh, there's a, a channel coming down for the electrical because they added electrical in there was no electric electricity in the room either so i had them add electrical electrical before i moved in so it put like a, a half inch thing on there and it's like you're gonna have to build the some supports out like a half inch to put the board up and then <laughs> i looked at him and i said how are they gonna get it in the door because <laughs> the door is kind of offset it's very close to the edge and i got to thinking 13 feet and turning i'm not sure how you're going to do that so we measured again on the wall outside the door and it's like i think it'll fit just barely um because it turns out the um the whiteboard is actually 12 feet not 13 feet oh that foot makes a difference <laughs> <laughs> so we removed the so we they removed the whiteboard that was up there um and then they um they pulled the sign down that was on the wall because it wouldn't fit with the sign up there they pulled the uh, sign oh. down they patched the wall painted the wall and put the now it's a little over 12 feet whiteboard up on that wall and put the other whiteboard up in my office. So now I have a whiteboard in my office and a whiteboard outside. So, so we're get we're getting there. And then we got a fan as well, because every room got a fan. So we got our fan oh. right by the right by the window, pulling some of the cool, trying to pull cool air in. We did. They did find out that last week when it was ninety degrees. Yeah, the heat was on. <laughs> oh boy i'm like Ouch. it's hot in here like yeah it's hot everywhere no it's hot in here it's like we go over it's like the heat's on so i tell me it's on no the heat's not on the heat's on so they were in there like 
It's hot in here. <laughs> the heat's on. Go. Okay. <laughs> so they went and turned the heat off, <laughs> which made it instantaneously better. <laughs> <laughs> You'll like this then. A seventh grader came to me and, and pointed at the box on the wall and said, what's that? And I said, it's a thermostat for the room. And she looked at me and she, and she says, straight face and everything. It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> It doesn't work, does it? Pretty, pretty much you're right, yes. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so we had that. Um, and then, so we got in the new room. So the one of the things that I really, really like is I get to talk to people more. Oh. Because we're just, because you just bump into people, right? Because we're all in the same room, right? So you, it's much easier to have conversations. So that part's really, really nice. I like that part a lot. Um, and then this year is the first year. This year feels different than the last two years. The last two years, we were still heavily masking. We were still heavily working on, um, you know, COVID occurrences and numbers. And at the beginning of last year, we were still masking heavily and trying to stay away from each other. And then it's about halfway through the year that kind of started going down and mm -hmm. people started relaxing more and not being as concerned about it. Well, this year is the first year there that I feel like I'm not really restricted. Like it, it, my first thought isn't, I can't go talk to them. I don't want to, I don't know. I, I don't want to be typhoid Mary. I don't want to be the person that spreads mm -hmm. everything around. So this year I'm able to work, I've been working with a lot more teachers um, and it's, I'm really happy about that. So making some, making some inroads there. Um, and then also hired, um, hired someone who is, uh, who I think is fantastic and is just a really good middle school tech focused person. So I think we're going to get uh get a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going from there so we've got that going but i've been in the rooms um been working with teachers and getting getting making sure they have the appropriate things been dealing with some <laughs> some of our resources you we've got to upload kids to and um so one of the teachers fifth grade teacher said she wanted to assign um, gizmos. She wanted to use gizmos with the kids, but the kids mm -hmm. weren't there. The correct kids weren't in there. It's like, okay. So I look and it's like, well, here, I'll send you a file and you can upload it. And said, well, that didn't work. <laughs> the f the, we have a bunch of different numbers for kids. So that's a point of frustration. And Power school drives me crazy sometimes because it's like basic things you should be able to do. They just don't have available unless you custom write a report or something. It's like, oh, God. Hmm. So anyway, um, but what I what I did is I found it's like, oh, okay. It's like, well, oh, I can update. I can upload them. So I went in and I upload, uploaded instead of just her kids, I uploaded the entire fifth grade. And what I found was that like lots of kids had three, four accounts. Why oh. do kids have three or four accounts? You're going to ask me, Sean. 
Um, Troy, I would like to know, why do your kids have three or four accounts? Uh, because apparently in the past, teachers could upload and create accounts. Uh, so, <laughs> so they did. They did. <laughs> so now we've got just a mess. So guess what? I'm next year. Um, I'm adding in my to-do list to just delete all of the kids because we don't need the information from one year to another year. Okay. So I'm just going to delete all of the kids and then re-upload the kids so they'll be a nice clean, um, nice clean accounts, and the teachers will have less frustration about a kid picking the wrong account or you know not using the same account on multiple days or whatever so doing that but the the biggest thing has really been just being able to to work with teachers and work with kids so um one of the techs was out as well he he got hitched and so we have we now have this new room and so there's some some of this teachers or support staff were bringing kids in to get some things fixed and solved. So we were, got to work with some kids too. So I like that part a lot. So Good. there we go. And then the um, last year, my temporary tech integrator has gone back to the classroom. So I've been chatting about some curriculum things there um, as well. Um, and I, I have a feeling I may end up kind of co-teaching something with her as well. Just because, oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think it's going to be a really good year. Looking forward to working with uh, kids. Um, looking forward to working with the adults. And... Um, We'll see. One could say uh, I will even have kind of my own social web going on. I think you do. I think you do. And uh, I think you could bring in other pieces of a social web. Like, for example, you could bring in LRT English's uh, post uh, in the first installment of L LRT Tapes. LRT is the Lyotva uh, Radio Televisia, or Lithuanian Radio and Television. Um, channel. Uh, they bring you an odd TV report from 1994 about, well, we are not really quite sure what it was about, but it was something about bananas. And if you look at it, you can tell right away. <laughs> it's it what it was about. It was about bananas and people, farmers were selling bananas in a farmer's market. And when the TV reporter was good, you don't have to understand the language to understand what's going on, but there are English subtitles. And when you go up and it goes up to the people to ask him about the bananas, like, where'd you get bananas to sell in Lithuania? <laughs> the farmers, the first thing they do is they turn around, right? And they don't want to talk. They don't want to talk. And they don't want to show the faces. And they don't want to talk. And they start putting their bananas away and they hide the prices and they're doing all this stuff. And the TV reporter's like, what, 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 are, you, what, are, you, what are you doing? And um, later on, they, they interview some other people. And one of them says, I am so glad that the NKVD didn't see that and they're not, it didn't uh, haul them away. And it's three years after independence and they're still worried about the Soviet uh, secret police, the NKVD. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And um, it's an interesting perspective to watch how people react when they, they're afraid that their their face is going to be on TV and they might get in trouble for selling bananas on the street. Um, so there you go. It's a, a serious video to start us off, but a little more. So go Isn't ahead. there a song about, uh, yes, uh, we have no bananas? And I think I think that would be a song that one. If if somebody were to you know do post this week, uh, it might uh, it might have been a segue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Susie Dent at Susie underscore Dent. Word of the day is shot clog. Now we've got several words of the day because we've been missing a few weeks here, but so bear with us here. Shot clog. It's a 17th century word, which means an unwelcome companion who's only tolerated because they are buying the next round. And um, and she says, <laughs> Susie says, I like to think it can be used affectionately too. <laughs> so yeah, okay, all right. So shot clock, you could use it both ways. Um, etymology of the day is conspire, which is a word we think of quite often, but it comes from the Latin to breathe together. And I love the imagery on this one: the idea of hugger muggering at close quarters in order to plot mischief and i was thinking oh yeah it's the it's the eighth grade boys down at the bathroom at the end of the hall got that one perfect in my head now uh, another word of the day is pseudoriferous or pseudoriferous and it was perfect for those those days where we were in 90 degree weather and mm -hmm. 35 seventh graders in a room it means sweat inducing perfect Perfect. Exact word. Yep. A reminder, that, uh, if you need it, that the word swallocking means sweltering and meltingly hot. Meltingly so I don't think we're going to have any of those. Hot. Yes. That's an interesting way of putting things. I don't know if we're going to have those types of days uh, until we get back into the spring, but um, there you go. Grab those, put them in your pocket, and you can use them for the next the next uh, heated event you have. Uh, MMS main stage company director, Louise Hickey at Theatrical Teach. Oh, I meant to put the pictures in there and I didn't. Um, Jabberwocky in sixth grade theater. Uh, if you go to the to the to uh, her, her page, she's actually got kids up on stage and they're performing the Jabberwocky. And the beautiful thing about the Jabberwocky, now it's, it's to learn stage directions, but the beautiful thing about the Jabberwocky is because it's all nonsense words, you can interpret that thing any way <laughs> you want, and you're right. You're right. So the kids don't have to worry about being wrong or doing it wrong. As long as they get the words, they're fine. It's a beautiful poem for that. So I uh, throw that in there. MMS Cardinals. Go MMS Cardinals. Um, Shannon McClink McClintock Miller uh, at Shannon uh, M. Miller. Uh, here's the dot day choice board, friends. Let's keep our kids, uh, help our kids, sorry, uh, make their mark on the on the world by celebrating through singing, creating, playing, reading, and more. You'll find it here, by the way, by here, I put a link in the show notes. Uh, here's a link to the copy for, so you can make your own too. So dot day is either come or it's coming. And um, you can use that uh, Peter Reynolds book to to teach kids that creativity is important. And can, uh, can you remind me what Dot Day is again? Yeah, it's this wonderful little book where this girl gets a mental block and she thinks she can't do something. And so and she's in art class. She goes, I can't draw. She's already chosen in her head that she can't draw. And so she goes to the teacher and says, I can't draw. The, the teacher says, well, 
think of something to draw. She goes, I can't think of anything. And so the teacher says, well, all right, put a dot on your paper. So the kid puts a dot on her paper. And, and the teacher says, sign it, because that's your work. Sign it. So she signs it. She turns in the dot. The teacher says, all right, what could you do with this dot? Could you do something else with this dot? Could you make it bigger? Could you make it smaller? Could you, what, what could you do? And it gets her starting to think about all the different things she could do once she had an idea, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to talk about, look, um, don't get stuck on the first idea and don't get stuck thinking, don't tell yourself you can't. You got to try it. You got you to gotta put forth an effort in order to. And then uh, I give the kids a, a little paper that's got a round uh, circle on it, a, a dot. It looks like the, it's a blank form of what the is at the end of the story. And the beautiful thing is at the end of the story, a little kid comes up to her and says, I can't draw. And she says, oh, yeah, you can. First, mm -hmm. just put a dot and then sign it because it's your work. And it's, you know, she's continuing and she's teaching others, not just keeping it to herself. And there's two or three other books in the series as well. I bought the, I bought a, the, the, the box set because there is a box set. And then I pass it around on the team and we read it during advisory and we, we make our own dots in the advisory. And then we go in the hall, we put them in the hallway to show our different uh, flavors of creativity. And nobody's dot is the same. Is it wrong? No, it's a unique dot for that person. So there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. I think there should be one in your office, about 12 feet long and more overly. <laughs> I have a whiteboard. And you could do whiteboards now. I can put a dot on one. <laughs> I was saying, you can use the, the driver's marker to make it. Um, Shannon Miller. Oh, David Pogue at Pogue. Uh, oh, wow. After Apple blocked cookies in its Safari browser, Google has now built right into Chrome a tracker that tracks the web pages you visit and generates a list of advertising topics that it will share with web pages whenever they ask. So, so there you is, go. This is a different take on, this is an interesting perspective. Because I think what he's talking about here is topics, which topics is, that's what it sounds like. Topics is okay. a, topics was is a way to protect your privacy, but still give you advertising that is appropriate for you. Are you familiar with topics in Google Chrome or no? I'm going to say no. Okay. I've actually started to navigate away from Google Chrome. Um, I've been using Arc more and more. Yeah. And I, I kind of like Arc. It doesn't do everything. And, but I will say this, I, and I don't know that Firefox is any better, but um, what, what Arc can't do right now as they continue to roll it out and improve it, um, I just go over and use Firefox. And uh, it works just fine. I like... So I will, I've had comments from the kids. I, I, I put ARC up on the Promethean mm -hmm. from a brand new podium. Oh. <laughs> um, and it's got the tabs down the sides as kind of like a, a table of contents type of thing. It looks a little bit, it reminds me, not looks like, it reminds me of H5P's interactive book in a lot of ways. Okay. And I just go over there and I can just hit that. And I don't have to worry about tabs going across the top and getting scrunched. 
because they're running down the side and it gives me enough information. I know what the tab is. And there are some that are pinned and there's some that are not and it's just a little line you just move it back and forth real easy and so um but i've had kids say how do i get that on my computer i'm like mm, you can't yet it's, it's not ready yet but the kids have noticed that it's they like the layout and uh it's snappy it's it's fast it's i like it i mean anyway you know, it's interesting that you say tabs along the side because most widescreen monitors have less space vertically than horizontally so it seems Correct. like you'd have less space for tabs um the tabs seem to be full justified across the top on my chrome it's not everywhere that it does that i know that but so i like tabs and i use tabs and <laughs> i get uh i have a cat that sits at the top of my chrome box called tabby and it just yeah. runs all the way across you know and it kind of does what it wants. But if I've got 30 tabs across the top, I don't have 30, but if I have a bunch of tabs across the top, um, I can still organize it and see it better down the left-hand side. Um, I, I don't know. I can't explain why I like it, I guess. I just do. It feels like looking at an H5P interactive book. It's It feels more comfortable. And I've been okay. using tabs for a long time, and I'm comfortable with tabs. I just... Just, I'm strange. I just thought that was interesting. It's an interesting statement. Anyway, check out Topics because essentially it is a, it's Google's attempt to kind of, I think, stay out of trouble and to make it so that they can kind of, of present, they can tell advertisers that they're reaching the people that they want to reach without the advertisers knowing who specifically those people are like it doesn't know that it's you sean mcgurr but it knows that you're you're looking for you're in the a group you're in a bundle of people who are looking for a new iphone and you're in a bundle of people who are looking for hermes watch bands and you know you're you're in the group of people that are looking for lecterns for classrooms kind of thing Ooh, lecterns <laughs> for classrooms there you go. Uh, i'm sorry i'm back yeah okay yeah um no you're yeah you're right although i think you also i think you made a freudian slip i think you you're you're saying that you're going to increase my 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 weekly uh pay on the show and i'll be able to afford an apple uh 15 i'm i i want to say in advance thank you i appreciate it and i will cherish the uh the iPhone purchase with the the raise from from doing the weekly show one and a yeah. half times your current salary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, woo. <laughs> um, at Mish Voter, I'm sorry, you Mish Voter at you Mish Voter. Um, I put a picture in the show notes. I thought you mm -hmm. might find it interesting. And he's been or he or she has been doing a lot of these lately, which I think is. Is, is, is a wonderful comparative study, right? So it's, there's a map of the state of Michigan and the map that's colored in red in the northern part of Michigan, the upper peninsula and the northern lower peninsula, all of that red is equal to that little tiny blue dot we call Ann Arbor. <laughs> and if everybody voted one way in Ann Arbor and voted the other way in northern Michigan, the votes would equally cancel each other out. Yep. So there you go. Yep. Yep. 
there's a bunch of others that do it too, but you might find it fun for an advisory mm-hmm. geography class. Yep. Bodo Hainan. You know Bodo. I do. Bodo Hainan. At Bodo Hainan. You do. This is the uh, knowledge guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he says, my son keeps getting homework. He does not know how to do. So the digital twin AI tutor he built over the summer is now his go-to teacher. Of course. It's teaching him in ways I never could. Proud dad moment and a big high five to the future of learning. Interesting. Digital twin AI tutor. Yeah. I think that might be worth exploring and figuring out how, uh, how we did that, especially if a kid in school did this to help him with his high school assignments. So uh, Bodo has uh, put together some things. He's the one who did uh, knowledge.ai um, and started that whole company and is, is done is doing a bunch of other things as well. But uh, yeah, that's, we've talked about Bodo before. Mm-hmm. Using AI might be a strategy. I know there's a lot of conversations uh, behind the scenes about about that, as well as many other different kinds of strategies uh, for you to use. Yeah. And the first one that I want to share with you is uh, um, Languages of Virus um, over at languagesofvirus.com. And what this is, is they've got some neat tools here. Number one, first first and foremost, they have uh, writing prompts. So if you're looking for writing prompts, they have a writing prompt. The writing prompt for September 16th, 2023 is my favorite childhood memory. Describe your favorite childhood memory. And then they have a big red button. Generate new prompt. So if you click that, wow. it uh, generates a, a new prompt. Um, and so if I click it, I get, I long for dot, dot, dot. So you kids have a sentence stem starter there. So it's useful for, you know, some quick writing prompts. But there's some other things as well. One of which is a haiku generator. So you enter your own words and it generates haiku using templates based on famous haiku poems. So you could do this, the kids could do this and you could compare them. Um, So if you click on the interactive haiku generator, you are prompted with a text box that you can enter text to use for uh, haiku. There's a 1300 character limit. And then you click generate haiku and it generates haiku. (laughs) Um, They have a little bit of the about uh, what a haiku is. And then they have some additional um, resources as well. Uh, So I thought that was fun. They also have something called visual poetry. And this I thought was really interesting as well. So visual poetry, what you do is that you get a text box. 
and you enter um, your poem into the text box. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I did stopping by woods on uh, um, on a snowy evening. Right. You're familiar with, okay. you know, that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Road less taken. Yep. Yep. Um, Cause I always enjoy that one. Yeah. It makes um, all the difference. Yeah. And so when you do that, you um, then the, you have to read, you, you do need to read kind of um, the directions because you just pop it in there. And then the key is um, that you then take your mouse and you click and draw with your mouse and it adds the words into whatever you want. So you could create a circle. You can create uh, just a line. You can overlap. It's just neat. Um, it's kind of free form um, and you can do multiples if you want and it'll make some letters bigger and some smaller but it's just really neat so um, I think I just think it's neat and again you could use this you could have the kids use it but you could also use it to create a visual for um, anything that you anything that you want to use um, and they also have a cut up generator which takes the words that you may you take and pop in some words there and it will kind of cut them up and put them in random order um, uses the cut up method of uh, William S. Burroughs and the Dadist. So, uh -huh. and just you can create some surprising juxtapositions of words that can inspire creativity. So, um, so some neat stuff there, and they have additional links. Uh, I just think it's a lot of fun to take a look at it. So, so there's that. There is also. Um, if you're looking for if you're looking for some images to use as backgrounds that are public domain so you know that they are free to use them there is an antique book covers book patterns it is on Flickr and um, you can scroll through there's just you know those antique if you if you look at an old book you know how the patterns on the inside cover and inside mm -hmm. back that have really often beautiful patterns in there mm -hmm. and these are ones that you can use so you could use this for a presentation as a background for a presentation for a background for um, things that you're doing in h5p um, mm -hmm. uh, you know a lot of things you could just grab and use them they're really neat ones there's some that really are eye-catching there's some marbleized ones and again these are all public domain 
so you can use what you want. So there is, that's a neat resource. Another neat resource is called Photogrammer. Um, and this might be something that you find of, of interest knowing the historical part of this one, Sean. Um, hmm. In between 1935 and 1944, under the direction of the Farm Security Administration and the Office of War Information, there are 170,000 photographs that were taken um, as a way of creating visual evidence of government initiatives uh, alongside scenes of everyday life during the Great Depression and World War II. And Photogrammer is a tool for exploring this archive. So it's really neat. You can do random selection of photographs. They have maps, so you can click on, so let's say you want to look at something local to Michigan, because you're in Michigan, right? So you can click yep. on the Michigan map, and it will bring you in closer, and you can go, well, I want to see things in Wayne County. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then from there, you can kind of scroll around, and you can click on different, um, you can click on different photographers and for example in Wayne County there are 1542 pictures um, there's a even an x-ray Detroit Michigan wow. new method of making x-ray photographs so you get an x-ray so you can use this in a just a whole variety of ways you can use it as since it's gov it's government funded stuff you can use it you it's library of congress so you should have permission to use it you could present this as a as a um, a story starter for kids you can present this for historical uh, means if kids are looking at doing presentations and you want them doing presentations um there's there's lots of neat stuff here um, and everything is tagged and you can filter and search through things as well. Um, and it's just a neat, neat resource where you can kind of look through and, uh, and see what was, what's going on and, uh, some fun things. Have you played around with this at all? Um, I don't believe I have. I don't believe I have. No, but this does like, for example, using geography to, to focus in on the, on the pictures is intriguing because I have family in uh, Europe that uh, just would love to find more on all I've got are just a few uh, pictures that my aunt was able to bring over um, after the war. And there's not much there, but I'd love if I could do it by geography and really narrow it down, then I stand a better chance of finding pictures of that part of the family. Uh, then searching through 42,000 pictures from a large, huge geographic area or more, I mean, millions of photographs. So that part I find very intriguing. Now, remember, these are um, going to be U.S., right? So these aren't right. Real. This is U.S. I'm, I understand. I'm hoping that there's a European version of it or there's, you know, 
other flavors of it. So, or, or you know, I'll just go find a Civil War soldier, and uh, there's a certain thing I want to find there. I know we bought a ten acre farm in Tulare, California. I'll just go to the Tulare ones too. You could find that. You and you can't um, stop me. Uh, along the top, there is uh, there's a search button, so you can search by photographer state, theme, photo caption, time range. Um, you can do all of that. Um, there's also, you can search, you can look, there's a photographer's button. So you can scroll down and look at a photographer's specific photographer's work. Maybe more importantly, there's themes where, and some of the themes include work. So what was it like to work? What are some pictures of work during the, between 1935 and 1944? What did work look like? There's homes and living conditions and the kids, you, you know, you, you might find it very interesting. What does, what does a house look like? What are, um, you know, what are things that would be, uh, you know, pictures of possibilities. Um, so they have things like, um, exteriors, they have household activities, they have permanent homes. Um, and you can look through when you click on exteriors, it's porches, yards and gardens. Um, so you get a whole bunch of different, um, different looks. <laughs> click on household activities and you get privies and toilets. Hmm. You also get laundry and ironing, personal cleanliness, eating. Um, we got to click on the privies and toilets, right? So, oh yeah, you, you can see what a what is a a slum privy look like because those are things you want to know. Anyway, just fascinating pictures of a certain slice of history. Um, and I think that that is uh, very powerful to to see and talk about with kids. So, um, so there there you got it. Um, there's another article that I think it's important to share with people, and to, this might be I don't know if this is more of an adult thing or a kid things, but it's the anti ownership ebook economy. And this is something that I think it's important to understand when we talk about like things you can and can't use in school. Because a lot of times I, I've come across a lot of teachers that like, I have access to this thing. I want to use this thing. It's like, yeah, you don't have legal access to that. And it's like, mm -hmm. but, but I bought it. No. <laughs> You bought a license to look at this under certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, and I really found this a an interesting article uh, about what those um, what those conditions are. And it's um, there's a bunch of authors listed and it's how publishers and platforms have reshaped the way we read in the digital age. And this also applies to movies. But it's something to uh, kind of wrap your head around and understand. So, you know, you can take a look at that. 
Uh, wow, the rest is, I got a lot of stuff in here. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to say that um, <laughs> I have more stuff than I thought I did. Um, Learn with Carlos is kind of interesting. It's um, the Carlos app is an AI machine learning application that provides real language immersion. The free, the free version, you get 20 messages per conversation and three conversations per day and one lesson per day. You can pay for it, obviously. But if you're looking at looking at, looking at learning a foreign language, or if you're looking at, uh, if your kids want to learn, they can use this to learn English too, by the way. They can go from another language to English. But if you're looking at learning a language, it's just a resource you might want to check out. So, um, and then um, Google Tools. If you are looking at using Google Tools specifically for art, but if you just want kids to learn some of the, the tools and some of the uses of it, there's some fun activities in Google Tools for art. Um, so again, you can look at maybe creating your dot, because you could certainly create a dot, and then you could do the pixel pattern kind of thing, or... It's just a, you can mm -hmm. learn how to use it for tools. Um, and you might want to take a look at Kim's studies. Yes. I put this one in there for you because, well, I, I figured the, the description would be right up your linguistic alley. That is. So I'll, uh, I'll have you do that. I'll have I'm you do glad, that one. I'm glad this is your yeah. section. English language resources. There's a the thing called Kim studies and, uh, it's in English, but some of the directions and some other things are not, but that's okay. All of the resources are in English because they're English language resources and they're broken with the different categories. Pick the apple you, you're looking for and it'll take you to some wonderful uh, resources that you can use when working with uh, English language learners. So yes, it's in Scandinavian of some sort. I'm going to say Swedish. So I'll, I'll just read a couple of, of words from that sentence for you. Okay. Okay. So here you go, Troy. So, uh, Sifit Med Kim studies, um, uh, something, something meatballs. And that's all I got. <laughs> some meat, um, um, some, some, <laughs> little some, some. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, it's in the show notes for you. Go take a look at it. It's got a ton of wonderful little resources. I've been playing around with it and I'm going to share it with a couple of teachers at work here, I think this week. So it comes from the, uh, the Lithuanian, uh, language teachers association. No, the, this language is not Lithuanian, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Kim Studies. Something on the web for you to use. Okay. Um, I also came across a, a spotlight article on Maya women who make a league of their own. And this is available on, on the YouTube and it is a short, delightful documentary about a group of Mayan women in a tiny town of Handozanat in the Yucatan Peninsula who formed a softball team. Uh, and it's uh, one of those inspirational things. They wear traditional tunics as their uniform, and they play with a infectious spirit of camaraderie. So this is a MLB original, um, but I think it's neat because uh, I, I like that um, 
you know, there's a few quotes in here that really come out. Uh, the question isn't who will give me permission. It's who is going to stop me. The team's left fielder in the opening um, uh, scenes kind of says, and it's about women and how they found empowerment through sport. So you might want to take a look at this and share this with your kids as well. <clears throat> hey, um, do you know how kids see themselves these days? Yes, through the reflection <laughs> of their cell phones. Because when, right. when the turn when the power dies, all that's left is that sheen, and they look at it and they go, "Oh, oh." I I, I got to tell you, I I heard somebody say it's a beautiful day outside. There's lots of people taking their phones for a walk. <laughs> ah, yes. And I just love that imagery. I love that that statement. It's like, yep, it's exactly what people are doing. They're taking their phone for a walk. And, um, there is this comes from the Boys and Girls Club, so that you have kind of a skewed audience, but they did get an awful lot of of uh, responses. Um, 130,000 young people responded and 80% of the, of the kids said they feel like they can make a difference in their community. And I thought that was pretty positive. Um, they also talk about how the majority of the kids plan on going to college at least um and there's 30% that will go to a four-year college, 26% say they'll get an advanced degree. So 56% going um, to four-year college or more. Um, and there are some other interesting questions. And this would be some interesting survey questions, some things I think kids need to learn. Um, I'm able to stay calm when I feel stressed. 36% said very true. Another 36% said sort of true. Mm. Um, when something important goes wrong in my life, I just can't stop worrying about it. 40% said that's very true. Um, not, not surprising. Um, I want to help when I see someone having a problem. 53% said they strongly agree. An additional 39% said they agree. So there's some interesting facts from that. And, you know, kids might, kids are okay. So take a look at some of that as well. And finally, let's take a look at the culture translator. Oh, yeah. So Maybe not access the culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because it it's ironic because in the access uh, culture translator, there's a part that says not so fast. Not so um, fast. So, Two, two articles this week from Access to Culture Translator. What TikTok did, and here's what it is. Uh, the legacy of TikTok may be the total implosion of social media, or at least a marked permanent difference in the way people use it, according to Kate Lindsay of The Guardian. Uh, it's contributing to another phenomenon called ghost watching, where thousands of users are passively consuming social media content, and nobody who isn't an influencer already wants to post anything on meta-owned apps. It looks like uh, these apps are also trimming back on the algorithm as to who gets to see what 
And so only if you have a loud voice already and influencer status, are people going to, are they likely to see your posts? So um, it's kind of like they're picking the uh, the conversations that people are going to go to. And then you have a lot of people who are just there just to watch what other people say. They're not really contributing anything to the conversation. So I think that's an interesting phenomenon. More and more people are just ghost watching. They're just getting out and just watching as things go by. We used to, uh, um, we used to call them lurkers. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. Lurking, I think. Right. You're just not participating, just kind of watching. Yep. Uh, not so fast. And here's what it is. Uh, newly published data from the Pew Research Center suggests that the majority of Americans see job satisfaction and close friends, not marriage and family, as essential elements to a fulfilling life. That's an interesting shift. So we'll yeah. see what happens uh, culturally uh, when marriage, that uh, when it marriage comes up. numbers are also declining pretty pretty rapidly. Yes. So. Yes, people just aren't getting married too um sweden see that uh that uh that other art other thing was foreshadowing yes because we ha we have something from sweden yeah uh it, sweden is bringing more books and haha get it handwriting back to the classroom with handwriting comes uh, cursive of course but uh as children across <laughs> sweden have recently flocked back to school after the summer vacation, many of their teachers are putting a new emphasis on printed books, quiet reading hours, and practicing handwriting as a country's version, or I'm sorry, as a, as a country's year-long focus on the digital. So, um, yeah, they're, they, they, they were full on digital, but starting to pair that back and starting to, McGraw Hill, they said, has uh, got a huge boost in uh uh, purchase orders and sales of regular paper textbooks. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, Sweden panicked because they dropped to fourth in some sort of ranking. I'm, there's a punch out there. I know fourth. They panicked and started going back to textbooks. So, yeah. all right. So Sweden's uh, more books and handwriting back to the back to the classroom. That's right. And if you would like links to the culture translator, ghost watching, the kids are all right and more, all of the show notes are over at middleschoolmatters.com. You can head over there and there's uh, there's even a couple things we didn't really talk about, um, but to still include the notes over there so you can see them. Um, and we would appreciate it if you would share the show with friends, neighbors, all that good stuff. That person down the hall who's looking for something to listen to, we would appreciate it. And we'd love to hear from you. Middleschoolmatters.com. There's links where you can send us an email. You can reach out and touch base with us. We also would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host on whichever podcast catcher that you use. With that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer. <laughs>